0: Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. We're going to talk about um, a super, super important thing uh, that I am going to probably divide you guys into three different camps for. You'll fall into one of these three camps. Uh, Today we're going to talk about baptism Uh, Because next week, next Sunday, we're going to have Baptism Sunday. And uh, yeah, we're going to have baby dedications, child dedications going on, as well as baptism all the way dunked in the water right here in front of everybody. And uh, there's a good-sized list of people who are already signed up to do that. But one of the things we do every year um, before a baptism is we want to teach about it because uh, some things get kind of weird. It sounds like it's something that's pretty straightforward, but if you're like me and you didn't grow up going to church, um, I had no idea what the purpose of baptism was or if that was something you had to do or, um, you know, if that was in just certain religions or this one or that one, yada, yada. So, uh, three different groups of people here today, um, one group of you are the people that are like, oh man, baptism, I already been baptized, <laughs> should have told me I already, already did that, I already got my, my punch on the card for the baptism spot, uh, What I'll say to you guys is I would love for you to just follow along and nod your head and uh, maybe throw in some, um, you know, some uh, encouraging amens or yeah, brothers, Um, but really just own it even more. And what I want you to be thinking about are the things that led to you being baptized and uh, what that meant for your faith and also that you could use this message as a way to have conversations with people because if we're doing our jobs as believers um, you're going to get yourself into some conversations about faith and the subject of baptism will come up and you'll say hey I have actually some some answers about that that's one group of you another group of you are people who have not been baptized yet. You've never been baptized. Um, I'm going to talk for, you know, 20 or so minutes uh, about why I think you should be baptized, why everyone in this room should be baptized, and um, see if I I do an okay job convincing you. Uh, The other last group of people, there are some of you right now who... You have been baptized as a baby. You were baptized as a baby, right? And you say, well, I was baptized when I was a baby, and I think that that's good enough, right? Isn't it? It is its is good enough, isn't it? Does it count? Uh, are you supposed to get baptized again as an adult? Now, this idea of baptism uh, is... Uh, Super meaningful and deep, and it's a rich decision you can make in your faith—a uh, way to own your faith to a new degree. Um, and it's also—it's um, hard to give a message about because it's—it's it's not as straightforward as it seems. Um, just to say, I think you should get baptized. Uh, amen. Let's let's see you next week um, because all of you guys grew up in different. Households with different traditions, different denominations of churches, uh, different family beliefs, and wherever you grew up that that environment set the tone for what you think baptism looks like and so um, you know I was invited to be a part of a baptism quite a few years ago. I was asked to be the the godfather of my, my cousin who was born, I had a, a, a young cousin born, I'm asked to be the godfather, and it's a Serbian Orthodox church. Uh, I wasn't familiar with what was going to be going on, no idea what baptism is going to look like, but I'm going to my new goddaughter's baptism, and it turns out for theirs, um, they, they rubbed the baby down with a lot of oil. And it, for, by the end of it, it smelled like a Greek salad was being made. <laughs> I don't know what kind of oil it was, but it was, uh, it was a lot. Um, I remember during the service, uh, there was a thick, heavy accent, and I had to repeat a bunch of things. I was asked to renounce Satan. And <laughs> all of his evil ways. <laughs> renounce Satan and polyester blends. (laughs) All right. Anyways, baptism looks way different to everybody. And so whatever you grew up with, you'll get a a certain thing where it's like baptism is one of those kind of family staple things that uh, your family has strong opinions about. And so uh, it'll seem like it's not that big of a deal. Maybe you're a full-grown adult and you're thinking about Maybe you've never thought about it before, but here's today, and here's me talking about it, and you're thinking about possibly being baptized. Maybe you go home, and you tell your family at Sunday dinner, and grandma's going to say from the other room, he's already been baptized when he was a baby. Like, yeah, but I want to do it, you know, as an adult now, with it being my choice, What do you mean? You can't trade it in. (laughs) I've watched family members get offended over the years. And so instead of me just giving uh, you another opinion on it, I want to try to turn to the authority on the subject of baptism, who I believe is Jesus himself, that he's the authority on baptism And some of the things that I get to say today, if they happen to make you mad, I believe they're coming from him. And so you can take it up with his complaint department. Uh, But the answers about baptism, obviously, are in the Bible. But a lot of things that are clearly stated in the Bible end up getting fuzzy by the time it gets filtered through the word of man and woman, right? Right? The clearly stated word of God can become fuzzy. Baptism is one of those things, one of those words that has become fuzzy over time, even though it's clearly stated in scripture. And it's a direct command from Jesus himself. He says, I want you to, you should get baptized. If you're a follower of mine, get baptized. If you're calling yourself a believer, a Christian, get baptized if you've been saved, get baptized. And it's very clear, it's very direct, and we ought to listen to him, right? We should, but the funny thing is we humans tend to like to focus on all the stuff in the Bible that's not clearly answered or all the things that pop into our head that aren't easy uh, and quick and um, black and white and to the point. We like to live in that question zone of um, not like, should I be baptized? Well, the Word says yes. Jesus says yes. We like to live in the, the place that says, well, God, what is your will for me? Who should I marry? Should I, should I uh, be okay with under six feet tall? <laughs> Who, where do you want me to go to college? Where do you want me to live? Should I move to this place? Should I quit this job? Should I take this job? What is your plan for me? What's my purpose? We like to ask all these subjective questions that could go a million different ways. One of the things that I think we should try to practice whenever we can is we should start doing all of the things that Jesus tells us to do that are just black and white, that are just plain and simple, clearly stated, uh, things that aren't subjective, things that he just says do this thing. Uh, If you want to know what God's will for your life is, it's to be baptized. It's spelled out. He says, I want you to believe that I gave my son for you, and once you believe that, I want you to be baptized as a sign, a symbol. In Matthew chapter 28, it gives us some instructions and an argument for baptism. This is known as the Great Commission. Uh, it's the final marching orders from Jesus um, with, sitting down with his disciples before he, before he leaves this earth. He says, this is kind of my final marching orders. This is the last rally. There's not going to be an encore. So everybody get together here's the deal. If you take any, anything away from your time with me, here's what it is. Matthew 28, then Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus is trying to set the tone, like, I am the authority. Um, you guys ever, like, you're in a questioning authority place and somebody says something you go I don't know I think I'm going to check with my dad because dad's still the authority or I don't know about that I'm going to check with so and so I'm going to I'm not sure Jesus is saying I am the authority I'm the ultimate like I'm everyone's boss on this thing what I say goes I have the final say on the truth not whatever your traditions are, not what your denominational background is like, not your Methodist church or your Presbyterian church or Catholic church or, or what Tom Cruise says. <laughs> Just me, Jesus, I'm the authority of the stuff I'm about to say to you. He goes on, he says in verse 19, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. The authority on baptism is Jesus, and Jesus says, make disciples of all nations, and then baptize them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded. Traditions can be um, hard to shake for some of us. How many of you grew up Catholic on this side of town? I would have thought even more. I mean, but it's still a majority over here. Um, how many of you uh, you grew up Methodist? Mm-hmm. Five or six, okay. All right, so baptism looks super different to both of you guys already, how they do it. And traditions can get a little complicated. We have uh, a majority Catholic crowd here, and one of the things that we've heard over the years again and again is, uh, and we've had people leave the church over it because they say, well, we don't take communion every week. I grew up taking communion every week, and how can we not take communion every week? You know how? Because the Bible doesn't say to take communion every week. Um, it says to do this in remembrance of me, and so it could be every day, if you want. It could be once a month. We do it about every three or four weeks or so, um, and we just we don't take part in that, that exact weekly tradition. Traditions can be pretty deep-seated, though. Baptism can be one of those things, but Jesus is the ultimate authority on it. Uh, One of the problems is that uh, baptism is one uh, one of the victims of words losing their meaning or changing meaning over time. A word like baptism can change what it means over the course of, like the word love. Like I can say, I love my wife, Allison, like, no other. And I also love chili cheese burritos from Taco Bell. Like the word, the word love's got a bunch of a bunch of slack in it. Um, more and more words all the time are changing or losing meaning. Um, if, if people say that my tattoos are sick or this is dope or this is... And I'm like... Yeah, I think those are both good things. All right, cool. Gross. Is this gross Let's do gross as a good thing. Stuff changes meaning over time. Words change meaning. Uh, some of you, if you guys haven't been around long, one of our favorite ones always when we talk about the, the, the words and actual words and their meaning is, if you haven't been here before, this, this part right here, this is, this is your weenus. If you don't know, that is your weenus, is the technical term for this part of your elbow right here. It's your weenus, W-E-S. Isn't that word funny? Somewhere along the line, somebody was like, we just got to call it an elbow, dude. You knew we were doomed when we started rhyming stuff. Kids, get your weenuses off the table. Anyways, though baptism, baptism's a word kind of like weenus, a little bit. Um, in English, baptism doesn't mean anything else for us. When we hear baptism, we think it has something to do with church, it has something to do with God and getting wet in a ceremony of some kind, right? Um, but like you, you don't use it in other places. You don't sit down and say, oh my gosh, that was the best. I, I got a big old glass of milk and I baptized 11 Oreos one after another, like you just don't use it for other stuff. But in a lot of other languages, it is used and has been used in many ways. The original Greek uh, that we get our translation from of the New Testament, um, the word baptism wasn't a spiritual word at all. It was the word baptizo, uh, and it meant to dip or dunk something Uh, completely, to submerge something, like to totally soak it through, to drench it. That's it. Baptizo, that there wasn't anything like special about the word. But then it started showing up in Scripture, this ordinary word, and they were using it in a different way. All of a sudden, people were describing the process of dipping or dunking a human being, and this word would have been common in the marketplace, um, the uh, process of changing the color of a garment. This is how they would use it, that they would take like these ridiculous long curtains. We, we can't replace them because we can't afford to. Like we, we would like to, but they're like 30 foot long things. But we've talked about dyeing them. And so you get this dye and you dip, dunk, submerge, all the way to change the color of something, but somewhere along the way, someone got this idea to dip or dunk or submerge or get wet, drench a person for God for some reason. The reason that we do it is because our God is a very symbolic God, Many times he works through symbolism rather than what's practical. And this would bring me to the first kind of strong statement about baptism. If you're a note taker, um, if you're somebody who, you know, I, people get offended by this sometimes because um, they, will, they will argue that uh, to be saved, you, you get saved when you're baptized. That, that's the, the time, but that is... That is not true. Baptism is not about salvation. Baptism is not about salvation. A lot of people have made the mistake of believing that they became a Christian because they got baptized. Um, but if that were the case, like I, I had some bullies in my apartment complex that baptized me like a few times a week against my will at the pool The point of baptism, though, is not about salvation. The point of baptism is identification. It's identification. If I want to be identified as a Christian, a believer on Jesus' side, in God's family, part of the kingdom of God, that, that I know him, that I recognize him as my giver of life, that he is, he's mine and I'm his. If I want to be identified as such, then I get baptized because it's a public declaration of all that stuff. Galatians chapter 3 says, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. This is, this is like the step of um, wanting everyone to know it. Anybody love the movie Elf? We love Elf. When he goes through the story, he says, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> Just screaming with people everywhere. Baptism is the I'm in love I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. Declaration for people to know that you've given yourself to Christ, that you love Him. Why would I want to do that publicly? Like maybe you're an introverted person. Maybe um, you're socially awkward. Maybe it gives you anxiety to think about being in front of people to do something like this. Um, shouldn't this be a private thing just between me and God? Well, I understand where you're coming from, but this is, believe it or not, this is a thing that is all working together to allow other people to know the relationship that you are in now with Jesus, the story that's already been happening, the stuff that's already begun, the things that are keeping going, and it also ends up, you know, it ends up challenging other people in their faith. I don't know if you've ever seen someone get baptized, but even before I was a believer, when I was just checking things out and I was wondering about Jesus, I watched people get baptized and it was like somebody grabbed the back of my throat and was pulling and I'm like trying not to cry and I'm like, why, why am I gonna cry? I don't even understand what's happening. But there was that understanding of this is somebody who is submitting completely surrendering completely, giving themselves over completely, and they don't care who knows it. Baptism isn't about salvation. It's a culmination of all the stuff that's already been going on inside of you. Baptism is about something that's already happened, and it's about telling the rest of the world about that thing that happened. It's one of the few actions that we can take in our faith Like, we can believe, but no one even has to know that we believe. It can be invisible. Baptism is a visible sign that you believe. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That all it says you have to do is believe. Believe to be given that eternal life, to be given access to heaven, to be saved from your sins. All you have to do is believe. It doesn't say you have to be baptized. But the symbolism keeps going through. God loves to use these things that seem normal and then use them for something way more than normal. And so you get dipped into the water like an old garment, and it symbolizes that that old you is gone, and that new you, that oh my gosh, it looks brand new, look at the color now, Any of you feel like dirty old curtains, that you get dipped in, to, and it's this ordinary process, but it becomes this extraordinary thing. I want to show you a picture. I think I have a a wall. You know, just a block wall. pretty, Very ordinary thing. I got another ordinary wall. Just bricks, right? It looks nice, that one. But it's ordinary. Um, They're both walls. Nothing special. Let's see another wall. Now that wall... So walls are ordinary things, right? But that wall, for some reason, um, it is, it's not just ordinary anymore. It's an extraordinary thing because of symbolism that is wrapped up in it. For some reason, with this wall, people come from all over the country, all over the world to come and walk near it and put their hands up to it. Is there another picture of this one? That... They cry when they're standing by it. They kneel beside it. They put their hand up and pray. Families hug and celebrate and laugh and cry and all these things that happen next to the, it's it's just, it's when an ordinary thing is given an extraordinary meaning. And so there's this ordinary thing of getting into a, um, you know, it's a, it's a horse trough of some kind. I think it's 350 gallons. We got it at uh, Tractor Supply. I hauled it in somebody's vehicle like 14 or 15 years ago, and we st- stood in line with this thing made for farm animals, and we're holding this ordinary thing, and we're like, you guys don't understand. This thing is set for extraordinary purposes. <laughs> It's going to be doing some extraordinary things, and over the years, nearly a thousand people have been baptized in that tub. It's an ordinary thing that has been given extraordinary meaning. Baptism is like the wedding ring of Christianity. This ring is—it's—it's um, it's just metal. Um, You can find it in the ground if you know where to look. Um, You can figure out how to smash it and heat it up and bend it and get it to wrap around into a circle if you want to, but it's still just a piece of metal. It's an ordinary thing, but for this one, um, it now carries an extraordinary meaning with it, that it means I'm taken, that I belong to another, that I've given my life over to my bride, that I made a promise to her between uh, myself and her and God and a covenant and just all these different things. Baptism is a symbol like a wedding ring. You don't have a wedding without a ring, and you don't have a life in Christianity without a baptism. It's a thing that goes hand in hand with it. Here's the strong statement number two um, for some of you. You don't get baptized to get into heaven. You don't get baptized to get into heaven. Um, I know a lot of people who got their babies baptized when they were born, shortly after they were born. uh, And even if they don't like to admit that this is why they did it, they did it so that their babies would be cool with God in case anything horrible happens. That the babies would be good with God, that the babies would go to heaven. This is not biblical, it's not scriptural, it's not true. You don't get baptized to get into heaven. The time for being baptized is after your salvation. It's after you've made the decision to give your life to Christ. 27 different times it's mentioned in the book of Acts. Every single time it's mentioned, it's always after salvation. It's never before salvation that, well, I was wondering more information about this Jesus because I got baptized earlier this week. And no, like you did it backwards. It's, I'm following Christ now, and I want everybody to know about it. Some of you were baptized as babies, and I know many of you had your babies baptized. Um, no judgment from me at all. You're fine. You don't. I will not deduct points. Um, but if the question in your mind is do I need to be baptized again or do my kids need to be baptized again yes I believe that you should yes I believe that you should along with that if you don't you're not going to go to hell yes I believe that you should if you don't you're not going to go to hell that's not what it's all about But if you didn't have part in that decision to be baptized, if you got baptized as a really little kid or as a baby, uh, yes, I believe that it needs to be your will, something that you decide to do on your own because it's your faith, and it's a way to own your faith. Because two things happened. Um, If you were baptized as a baby, two things happened um, that day. Uh, neither of them were supernatural, though. You got wet, and you made your mommy real happy. He's like, "Yay, my baby! I'm so proud of him." What are you proud of? That he sur- survived the the sprinkling. <laughs> Anyways, nothing spiritual takes place um, as you're baptized as a baby. And that's why we do dedications here. We know where your heart is. Um, Like, we know, like, I'm trying to say, if you, if you were baptized as a baby, you're not, you're not just set. Um, That's not your get out of hell free card or anything like that. Uh, And so, we do dedications for kids because we know where, uh, you know, I'm a parent now, and I know that, feeling of, oh what, so I'm just supposed to wait on them to decide and do it, and of course encourage them and everything, but with our kids we got them dedicated when they were little and it's basically just that promise of, it's God, I promise to raise these kids to the best of my ability following your way of doing things. God, that we're going to be committed to raising these kids in a godly way. And so um, it, no matter what we do how whenever we talk about it every year um, about eight different people try to dunk little babies or tiny little kids and I'm always I'm like stiff arming people at the baptism booth like, uh-uh, nope how old is he? did he decide? was this his decision? you're making him do it don't do the mom insurance thing we just want it to be Your decision, and it's not up to us to decide how old. We've had kids who knew they wanted to be baptized at four years old and they were ready to do it. And we've had people that, you know, some of you, you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, you're still not sure. Come on, four year olds can do it. In Acts chapter 2, it says, With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. If you're a person who has accepted the message of Jesus, I believe it's time for you to be baptized. Uh, And... It's an incredible way to um, realign your faith it's a way to energize your faith it's a way to um, you know commit yourself in a deeper way it's just it's just a beautiful thing. If you were baptized as a baby, do you have to do it? No, should you? I think you should um, in two thousand nine uh, there was a baptism service taking place in the parking lot of the Danbury Dollar Saver. And a lot of crazy things happened uh, for our family that day. But um, we were holding a baptism service and um, had kind of everything set up. And so here's, here's where it, this kind of thing plays out in real life. My wife was a believer growing up. She was baptized as a baby or very young. Um, When I made the decision to be baptized in 2003, I think, or 2002, I don't know when it was, forever ago, um, I asked that my wife would be the one who baptizes me. And so she baptized me uh, at the Tri-County Vineyard Church in front of like 1,500 people. And uh, it, was, it was amazing. Fast forward to five years later, we're in a parking lot, we're baptizing people. The Holy Spirit gets a hold of my wife, Allison, uh, as well as her father. And um, even though they were baptized as kids... And that had always been good enough. Like, do I need to be baptized again? Uh, No, I feel like we're okay. The Holy Spirit grabbed them during that service, and they decided that they wanted to be baptized as adults by their own choice. And so I got the honor of baptizing my wife and us just crying together and uh, it just being a beautiful thing. I don't believe that you have to. I believe that you should. That's it. That's all. Let's close. (laughs) Lord Jesus, thank you for uh, just weighing it heavily on my heart when you did to be baptized. I just remember it being uh, that. That weird feeling of, I have no idea why I want to do this, but I know I want to. And also just to, to say thank you to you for everything that you've done for me. And to, to not keep it a secret, I wanted to be able to share it with my family and friends and any, any strangers that, that wanted to look just to, that I was just proud of you. I was proud of the work that you'd done in my life. I was grateful. And I'm praying for that same thing for anyone in this room here who hasn't been baptized by their own choice. That they they would just feel that, that same longing. And that this would be a huge step in their faith for you. Just pray that you would bless it and you would give them favor. Lord, we love you for the work that you've done in our lives, and we can't wait to celebrate next week and show the world the work that has already been going on. Thanks for everything you've been up to and everything you're going to do. pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.